I guess I don't have to ask you how you're feeling. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. After this hour of sleep, extra hour of sleep, anybody like me wake up in the middle of the night and was awake for a couple hours and thought, I'm wasting this extra hour of sleep. Yes, I see some, okay, not a lot of you. Okay, maybe just me, so. Well, I'm Emily James. I'm one of the pastors here at The Bridge for those that may be new. And we're just so grateful to be here this morning with you and to start a new series titled Fully Devoted. And it's so great to hear Everything from the worship to Pastor Sam's prayer to Jay's prayer just now, uh, really emphasizing that theme of holiness, this call to holiness. This is what we're going to be speaking about today. Over the last couple of weeks, we heard some great messages from Pastor Jesse, who was here with us last week, and Tim Hag, uh, who was here the week before from Compassion Canada, and they talked to us about being on mission, living lives that reach out to our neighbors, our people, our communities, and to the world. We've gone through a series of being us, which was all about who we are as a bridge and who God's called us to be. And over the next three weeks, as we journey into our baptism service on the 26th, the next three weeks will be about fully devoted. And today's message is going to be sort of foundational to the series, foundational to our faith and what God requires of us as we live fully devoted to him. The following two weeks, next week, we're going to have another special guest speaker with us, Leanne Cabral. She has spoken to us before a couple Mother's Days ago, and she's going to be coming. She's going to be talking about the topic of prayer and connection to God. And then we're going to wrap up that the, the series the following week on the topic of Scripture and our study of God's Word. And we're going to provide resources for you each and every week. So when you go onto our sermon page and there's the the like sermon video and beside it, you'll see like our slides every week. We have our slides available to you that you see on the screen. They're there on our website to download. Well, under that, each week is going to be a resources tab button and you can press that to gain more resources on each week of the topic. So next week when we talk about prayer, there's going to be some prayer resources. There's going to be some places to go to learn more about prayer. There's going to be links to our prayer gatherings, all of those things. So make sure each week to check out those resources and it's just going to help us dive deeper into this understanding of living a fully devoted life. To start today's message, I'm going to read to you from Romans 12, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, so when you see a scripture that starts with therefore, you know it's in relation to what was spoken prior to this. And so Romans 1 to 11 has all these scriptures about who God is, the greatness of God, the holiness of God, the holy, holy, holy God, as Pastor Sam spoke to us today. And then it says in Romans 12, it says, therefore, because of all of that, in light of all of that, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy 
and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We understand that our faith in Jesus is what we call salvation. This is what we're talking about when people uh, get baptized in a few weeks. They've come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Scripture says when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths, we are saved. And so baptism is an expression, an outward expression of that inward reality, that understanding that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and I'm committing my life to him. That is salvation. Then there's the process of sanctification. I talked about this a few months ago in the summer when we had our last baptism service. Sanctification is this lifelong process and journey of living that reality out. Every day, our devotion and commitment to God, that is sanctification. It's the call of God on our lives to be sanctified. And when we see the word sanctification and even holy or holiness, they are often used interchangeably. We see in scripture, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, that God says to his people, be holy for I am holy. Jesus died on the cross to yes, forgive us for our sins, to save us, but he died for us to be holy. Pastor Sam said that exact thing when he came up here. He calls us to be holy, to be sanctified, or to be set apart. I may have become a Christian, I've come to salvation, but now I need to grow as a Christian. This is sanctification. The Oxford Dictionary defines holiness as the state of being holy, and holy is, the definition is dedicated or consecrated to God or a religious purpose, sacred, morally and spiritually excellent. The word sanctified comes from the same word as holiness. It means to be consecrated or to be set apart. It is God's will that you should be set apart for him, that you should, as it says in Romans 12, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Ephesians 4, we see a very similar scripture, 20 to to 24, it says this. Again, he's saying, however... So he's just, Paul's just spent all this time talking about the way in which we used to live before we came to Christ, before salvation. And he says that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind, 
very similar to Romans 12, where it says the renewing, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and to be put on, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, we no longer live for ourselves or our sinful desires, but we are called to live for God. We are called to a life of holiness. This is what Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 are saying. But here's the thing. When we look at the holiness of God and even how Pastor Sam described it as this, they didn't even have words to articulate the greatness of God, the holiness of God, that they had to repeat what they said, holy, holy, holy God. When I look at that, what I think is perfection. When I look at the holiness of God, what I think is he can do no sin and no wrong. When I look at the holiness of God, and we call him a holy God, it is himself, it is who he is. He is a holy God. And when I look at that, I know in my life, I've fallen short. And I think, how can I be holy as an imperfect person? As a person, as a human, who is not God? If holiness is God himself. You know, it was something that I struggled with for many, many years. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up uh, in church, and I walked away from the church. I walked away from God, and I just lived the way that I wanted to in my own desires. And when I came back to God, when I understood what God had done for me, the grace and love and mercy of God in my life. There was a good amount of time, and even still it creeps up in my life of this shame and guilt and resentment and my own sinful, selfish desires. But I started to understand the holiness of God as a call to be sanctified, as a call to be set apart that is there for each and every one of us. I started to understand that it was nothing that I could do in my life or that I could accomplish or that I could change from what I had done from my past that was gonna make me more holy and sanctified. The call to holiness is not a call to check, a checklist to get things done, to feel better about what I've done. It is to understand that you live in the grace and mercy of a holy God, that what Jesus did on the cross is the only thing that allows me to live in the holiness of God, allows me to pursue a life of holiness, allows me what God has called us to do to be set apart. You know, I wanna demonstrate it with these two blankets. So I've got, and honestly, I did not match my outfit on purpose. I totally got here with the blankets and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, so this black blanket, represents our old self, okay? Our sin, shame, who we were before Christ, all the things that we hold on to, all the things that even distract us from God, all the things that hinder us from pursuing a life of holiness. And it, 
covers our life and it holds us down, it weighs us down. Okay, this is the life that, this is what God is saying or what scripture is saying when it says our old self. And we hold on to these things and we think, okay, I get it. This is what my perspective was. You know, God, God came, Jesus came, he died on the cross for our sins. And it says because of that, his sacrifice, okay, which represents God's grace, love, mercy, this white blanket, it covers our sins. And so we look at it like this. But what happens when we see it like this is what's happening? We're still weighed down, caught up, distracted by all those other things. Our, those things that God is saying, that is no longer you. You are called to be set apart, to be covered by the holiness of God, but oftentimes we'll see it like this kind of covering. So it's covered over what's already there. But when we see in scripture that it says that God covers our sins, it's not like a piece of paper or even a blanket would cover you. It just kind of covers on top. So whatever is there is still there, but this is covered. No, it's like if you go to a restaurant and someone else pays the bill. And what do they say to you? I'll cover it. They didn't just cover up how much it cost. They didn't just cover up what the reality is that you still gotta pay. They actually took it away. The debt is paid and gone when they cover it. And so that's what God is saying, that his holiness to put off your old self and to be covered by the holiness and righteousness of a holy God is like this. And so this is what we pursue. We pursue God's mercy, God's love, God's grace, the holiness and righteousness of God. In these scriptures, it's saying to pursue who God is. This is who God is. And he doesn't just cover over the things that hinder us, the sin, the distractions. He actually wipes it clean because of his grace. And when we understand holiness, when we understand the call to be set apart like this, this is when we understand that an unworthy person, imperfect person like myself is made holy and worthy in the eyes of God because Jesus' sacrifice covered our sins. And that's how we live in the holiness of God. That's how we can actually pursue holiness. We can be set apart. We can understand that we have been consecrated to God, not because of our own merit, but because of what Jesus did for us, not because of what I will ever accomplish, but because God has. This is how we live our life. This is how sanctification becomes a reality in our life. This is how we are able every day to make that decision to pursue God to think upon the things that are good and lovely and pure and noble, that's what scripture says. This is the renewing of our mind. This is the transformation of our mind. To think upon those things, to pursue God, to have a life that is fully 
devoted to God because of what his grace has done for me. Grace doesn't give an allowance for sin just because it covers our sin. It shouldn't give us an allowance for it. It should bring us to a place when we understand the grace of God, that we so desire to pursue him, that we wanna put off that old self, that we wanna put off those distractions that keep us from our devotion to God because we understand the magnitude of his grace and love in our life. You know, we've been talking prior to being on mission, and even the last couple weeks, we were talking about being us, that we're a 5G church, how we live that out, the grouping, the giving, the going. You know, those are all things that we feel God has called us to. Those are things that we lead towards because we know that they are important community and groups and growing and gathering together, but even those can become rituals, sacraments, traditions, or even obligations when we lose sight of why we're really here, when we lose sight of the holiness of God, why, when we lose sight to what God has called us to and to be. This is why Pastor Jesse came last week and he comes with a word where he's like, hey, I'm feeling this conviction within myself. And so I wanna share it with you. Because of what God has done in our life, because of what he has given us, because of the love that he has poured out, he came and he said, you know, this is why we do what we do. This is why we go out. This is why we should be the hands and feet of Jesus because you have received this love and grace and it is meant to be something that is shared and poured out. And it makes us sanctified. It brings us to this place of sanctification. Hebrews 12 says, make every effort to be holy. You see, we have a responsibility to act towards this call of righteousness, to, to, to become holy, to understand this. This isn't out of a fear of obligation, a fear of hell. It's not out of, uh, you know, I just want to feel good or better, but it's an understanding of God's deep grace and love for you. And so how do we do that? How do we respond to the holiness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, and pursue holiness? Number one, we need to understand that it is a sacrificial life, not a superficial one. This is God calling us to a, a place of full surrender and submission to his love and grace. It means I'm gonna have to give up things that make me feel good, look good, or what the world says is good. Colossians 3 gives us a greater understanding of this life that we are to live, this sacrificial life. It says in 2 verse 8 and 12 to 14, it says, set your mind on the things that are above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, throw out, put off all the ways that scripture says, those 
former things, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things. And then further down in 12 to 14, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, again, here we see the word holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. We put so much hope and weight on the things of this world, but God calls us to live a life of sacrifice. In fact, God's kingdom to the world often looks upside down. It says the first shall be last, the last shall be first. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of God. We chase dreams and success, but God calls us to be more like Jesus. That's the process of sanctification to every day become more like him. That means telling the truth even when it's hard and difficult. That means pursuing not just materialistic things in our life, but that means pursuing your impact and influence. What are the things that will carry far beyond your life here on this earth, a life that is in pursuit of holiness is set apart, it must look different than the world. But this isn't, when we think of the word sacrificial, this is not so much about what you must give up, but also what you will gain. God didn't die on the cross for us to live on the fence, to have one foot in and one foot out. He requires us to live a life wholly devoted to him. That means I am all in, I'm surrendered. My family, my children, my marriage, my work, my time, my finances, all of those things are surrendered to God because I am to live as a living sacrifice to him. The surrendered life is not a burden life. In fact, it is the opposite. In surrendering to God, we're able to bring our burdens, our pain, our hurts and exchange it for God's grace and peace. This is what we do when every day we choose to surrender and sacrifice our life. God, how can I live for you today? What is it that you require of me today? By surrendering our lives, we declare his worthiness and acknowledge his rightful place at the center of our lives. Number two, We need to understand that this is a process and not perfection. Sanctification is a spiritual process. God is constantly working in our lives to make us more like him in our thoughts, our deeds, our motives. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16 to 18, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, it says this, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You can see the veil as that black blanket, the things that hinder us or distract us from knowing who God is, from pursuing God. It says when the veil is taken away, 
Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Two key words there in this scripture. Being and ever-increasing. As we are being transformed, it says, with an ever-increasing glory. The pursuit of holiness, this life of holiness, this call to holiness is a process. It's not about perfection. We can never meet God's perfection on our own. We need God's grace every day. This isn't God giving us a standard that he knows that we will never achieve. It's not like this is God's standard to be holy, is to be perfect, and, and we're always down here, and there's this gap, performance gap, frustration gap, whatever you think about, that's not how we need to see it. How we see it is that this is God bringing us to a place every day in need of his grace and love, in need of surrender to his holiness. Why I am not perfect. I am not holy in and of myself, but it is God's love where I can be holy. And so this isn't a perfect standard that we will never meet, but it is an understanding that every day we need to surrender to God's grace in our life. It's a call to complete devotion and adoration to God because we understand that we can't do this for ourselves, that what Jesus did for us is worthy of being fully devoted to him. And this is gonna be a lifelong journey. This is gonna be sometimes coming to the Lord is like David when I think of him. You know, God called him a man after his own heart and David did some stupid things. But he's also, as we see in the Psalms, he writes, God, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. This is why we see the word renew so many times. Renew your mind, renew my spirit. Renew means to be made new every day. God, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. Where pride is rising up, God, I pray that I would have the humility of God. Where fear is rising up, God, I pray I would have the peace of God. And every day, it's gonna require us to come to that place. Number three, this is personal and it's not about performance. What God wants most from each of us is a personal and intimate relationship with him. God's plan for us doesn't revolve around keeping a bunch of rules or doing a bunch of religious activities. No, God wants us to have a personal, life-transforming relationship with him. Our righteousness before God is based on Jesus' performance, what he did and not ours. 
When we stop trying to achieve and perform or buy God's love, we built an intimate relationship with Jesus and then we really begin to understand God's love and God's holiness in our life. To love God is to fear God and fearing God is not a trembling fear, it's an awe and wonder of God. It's a desire to know him more. It's like scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. When we taste and see, when we know God and his goodness, we love God. It's what flows out of us. It's a response. John 15 verse five says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide means to dwell, to remain stable or fixed, to remain steadfast. Abiding is an intentional being with Jesus that brings satisfaction. It's abiding in Jesus out of love and not obligation. Our life with God is meant to be just as much sacred as it is public. We come and we gather together and we group and all of those things. But we need that sacredness of our relationship with God. We need that personal, intimate time with God. You know, we see even in scripture, Jesus, all the things that he did, and oftentimes before he's out with the disciples or in front of the crowds or preaching and healing, he's in a quiet, private place with the Father and he's saying, God, I will do only what you've called me to do. And then he goes out to the people and he gathers and he pours in and he leads and he heals and he prays and then he goes back to the father in this place and he says God I will only do what you've called me to do and then he goes out and he does the things that God has called them to do because even Jesus who is one with God needed that intimate sacredness that relationship with God And so everything that we do comes out of our relationship with Jesus, pursuing the right things in the right way, the right time, rather than the right things in the wrong place. How do we do this? We do it through prayer, communication and connection with God. We do it through reading his word and scripture. This is why we're gonna focus on those topics over the next couple weeks. We do it by spending time with God and we do it by staying in community and connected to one another. And the last one, number four. It's a life pursuing truth and not temporal things. We must commit to seeking God's truth and not the temporal things of this world. Ephesians 4 verse 14 to 15 says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, 
that is Christ. To know God is to know truth. To pursue holiness is to seek truth. That means that we seek heavenly things and not earthly things. That's why it says to think upon these things. Whatever is pure, lovely, noble, those things, to, to seek spiritual, not material things. God, how can I serve with the things that you've given me? Not just, hey, how can I be the most successful person in this earth? And to think, to seek eternal and not temporal. Our life here on this earth is so fleeting. But the things that God has called you to has larger impact than you could ever think or imagine in a culture where truth is relative and it's subject to one's own perspective. This is what Jesus says. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other holiness than the holiness of God. To rid our old self, we must give up and give way to the things of this earth that make us feel good for a moment but have no impact in God's kingdom. It means sacrifice. It means renewing our mind in Christ. It means pursuing his truth, which is his word, which is the word of God. And it means turning away getting rid, throwing out. These are the words that are used when it talks about our old self or our old ways. Throw out, put off, get rid of all the things that keep us from pursuing God, from living fully devoted to him. John 3, verse 31 to 32 says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So how are we going to do this over the next couple weeks? We're gonna be in prayer together. We're gonna talk about the power of prayer. What is prayer? You know, sometimes we get caught up in the how-tos, the where's, and what we're gonna see, what Leanne's gonna bring us next week is it's not about that. And then we're going to talk about God's word and what is it and why is it important to our life. And we're going to continue to commit to grow. We've added growth on our G's this year. This is why. And we're going to belong to community. These are the commitments that we hope that each of us will make over the course of this time. And as the series comes to a close in a few weeks, we're going to all of us Make a commitment to continue to grow in our spiritual life as we head into the new year. We're gonna make some practical commitments as how we can continue to grow in this life, to continue to be sanctified. As we go into this moment of communion together, it's a perfect way to wrap up this. I want us all to take out those that have the communion cups. If you don't have it and would like it, you can raise your hand and the ushers will come and bring you one. But as we go in communion together, what I want us to picture, where we see it in scripture, when God calls us to do this in remembrance of him, is he's at a table with his disciples. And he's about to go to the cross 
to die on the cross and he's having dinner with his disciples and Jesus knows that there are people around that table who have betrayed him. He knows that there's people around that table that doubt him. He knows that there's people like Peter. Well, we know Peter. And yet, he sits and he has dinner with them and he's around the table. And so what I want us to do before we take this together, I want us to close our eyes. And I want us to picture that we're sitting at that table with Jesus. Imperfect. Maybe even resistant to God. Maybe unsure about the call on our lives. Or maybe just in a place where we've been so distracted by life. Whatever it may be. And what I want us to do, and as we see ourselves sitting across the table from Jesus, and we remember his sacrifice and what he did on the cross, this is what communion is, to come and to remember and to pause and reflect on this. His grace and love poured out on the cross for us. And so what I want us to do, whatever it is that you've come in with today, maybe there's financial issues, marriage, strain, hardness of your heart, whatever. I want us to come and put that across the table and exchange it and see Jesus exchanging it for his grace and love and mercy and peace. Right now, if you want, you can put your hands out or if you wanna just do it in your heart, if you're carrying something, if there's something that you wanna give to God today, put it before him, see yourself pushing it across the table and he's taking all of it away because he's not just covering over it. He is literally freeing you of that debt, freeing you of those things. That's what he did. That's what his sacrifice did. You don't have to stay covered by that shame and guilt, that pain or heartache. You literally can hand it over and receive the grace and love and mercy and peace and hope of Jesus today. So as we take communion, that's what I want each and every one of us to do and to thank God that we can do that. And so as we peel back the first layer and we take the cracker, which is his body, and says in scripture that it was broken for us, that we could be saved through the grace of God. Let's each, I'm not gonna pray out loud right now, I'll pray at the end. I want us each to pray within our hearts and do that exchange with God before we partake in the cracker. So let's do that.
And those that are ready, we can take of the cracker, which represents God's blood, or sorry, God's body. And then as we peel the second layer, which is the juice, and this represents his blood poured out on our behalf. Let's pray together that we would live with an understanding of his great love for us, fully devoted to God's plan, set apart every day for his purposes. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your love and grace in our life. We thank you, God, that we can walk in your holiness and righteousness and your truth and your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only son so that we could have life. And so, Father, I just pray that each one of us in our own hearts, in our own life, in our own ways, God would know how you are calling us to be more devoted to you, to be set apart for your purpose. I pray that you would speak through your word, that you would speak through those moments and times with you, God, to each and every person that's here, that they would know that this isn't just for the other person, but it is here for them that you died for them. In Jesus' name, amen. The worship team's gonna lead us in a song, I Surrender All. And as we do, let's do that today. Let's surrender our lives to Jesus, as it said, to be a living sacrifice, holy and set apart for him.